When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. There's Monday night football tonight. There is Maction on Tuesday. There's like 27 straight games of football. So download that app today and take advantage of America's top rated sportsbook. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, below me is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and he has a brand new article up at allchgo.com. And to the I mean, I guess it's my left, but yep. it's my actual right. So it's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Hello. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Today, we are talking all things spooky. Uh, like Vinny said on Twitter, uh, all mummies, Frankensteins, wolfmen, and wolf women out there. Uh, guys, what was your favorite Halloween costume when you grew up as a kid? You guys have one that sticks out in your mind? I mean, we talked about this on Thursday, and I said... Oh. I only well, I, mean, I wasn't it there. Was, it was I know it was brief, but I've only gone as as a child uh, as a vampire. So that was the only thing. I mean, I was an odd child. Those were by my every own year? choices. Every single year, I was a vampire until like seventh grade, and I stopped dressing up. But yeah, my mom would you know want me to do other things, and I was like, nah, vampire sounds like the thing I want to do. I was a very weird kid and adult. Hey, I love that. <laughs> Uh, I said on the show the other day that that you know I talked about a, a, a Power Rangers costume, which of course everyone nice. from from my generation had when they were a kid. But I, I regretted to mention Herb to you that uh, when I was in fifth grade, I dressed up as Bob Costas for Halloween. <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome! <laughs> you get a, a wig with the hair just like no down, wig, you my no hair, hair, but uh, I we got a uh, got a, uh, a a sport coat, you know, that would fit a child of that age. Drew and I drew the NBC Sports logo, and my mom <laughs> sewed it onto the sports coat. Were you doing an impression? No, I was probably just carrying a microphone around. <laughs> nice. It would have been way better if you were like, and like you know, all the with him doing the games recently. Everyone's doing the meme format where it's like Bob Costas is absolutely just dra- drawing out every single point, and it's always just like super serious. And when Ron Darling's like, "Yeah, it looks like the Yankees bullpen's warming up," um, you guys, you were you just doing like just ruining everyone's bit. Um, on the Halloween search, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going what about with this. you, Sean. Uh, I was definitely a blue power ranger. Like Vinny said, um, everyone in that era grew up doing power rangers or something. Uh, I was, bl- I love the color blue. So I had to be a blue power ranger. Uh, and then I was an elephant one year. Um, I think I was like four and I was uh, in a whole elephant costume. Uh, and then I was Woody as well. I was a huge Huge Toy Story kid, so I, I did I did Woody as well. Uh, outside of that, uh, I can't remember thing anything. I was a a, a referee, but a bloody one. Because mm. like you were hot. involved in an English soccer riot or something. Yeah, stabbed, <laughs> shot, something, beat. I don't know why. A weird kid, Herb, as well. Um, going with the weird kid thing. I think it was fifth grade, and I was like, oh, I want to I want a referee shirt, but you know, it'd be sweet. If it was like bloody, I think it was maybe WWE thing, but I don't mm. remember. I think it was just kind of a, an idea of like, maybe it'd be scary. Sure. Goes with kind of the whole frightening theme with your Bob Costas. Um, get up. Did people ask <laughs> you, Hey, who are you? Probably. Was I think on the your... only, I seem to remember that the only person that recognized who I was, was one of was like the parent chaperone at school that day. <laughs> he was like the only one that was impressed. Like, Everybody yes. else was like, I don't know what the hell this is. 
I would have recognized you instantly. I would have been like, oh, you're a Hall of Fame actor, Bob Costas. Did you also have, I mean, this was too, you could also have the pink eye, Bob Costas. Too uh, early one. for that. I was, yeah. I was, this was, this was still, this was still uh, the, the uh, 20th century, I believe. He had better eye health back then. Um, Ernesto in the chat is saying he also went as a blue Power Ranger in kindergarten. Uh, it was the one and only time I dressed up for Halloween. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think I went until like fifth grade and then I was like, eh, I'm all right. I don't remember doing it too long. And, uh, Melissa saying from the age of like 10, I always dressed as a White Sox player. Uh, used it again on Saturday. Uh, a specific one or were you just on the White Sox? Generic White Sox player. I, I hope it was a different one every third. year. I hope it was on theme to the year. Like, you know, all right. In in 2004, I'm going to be this person. 2006, got to be this person. And, and then hopefully 2022 was something was something fun and interesting. It was like Joe Kelly. Like every year. Offseason acquisition, uh, twenty twenty one. Wow, Jerry Manuel. All right, oh, crates. That's a throwback. That's not even a White Sox player. Oh, yeah, in a managerial theme. All right, there you go. Because they need one. Maybe, maybe Jerry Manuel will come back. Maybe Melissa. Maybe Melissa probably bored her guest to death if she was Jerry Manuel. (laughs) Maybe we could have Melissa as Jerry Manuel. It could be like in the programs. It'll be uh, Jerry Manuel played by Melissa Sage Bolenbach. You know, like in a, in a playwright, you could do it. You know, they're looking for managers, uh, which I think is the best segue to tell you that Matt Quattraro is not going to be the next White Sox manager. Uh, you could read Vinny's latest piece where he covered the latest update on where the search stands. Uh, again, all, at allchgo.com. Uh, the update came about 5.15. I hadn't updated the podcast yet, uh, so I had to make the note about Jeff Passan's report that uh, Matt Quattraro, the race bench coach, will now be the in-division manager rival of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Herb, I'll get just your instant reaction, and then Vinny set us up where the White Sox stand, uh, at least uh, candidate-wise, if we could put together the names uh, that, that could be out there. Because I was really thinking Matt Quattraro was their guy. Dead wrong. Yeah, and it's weird because uh, one of the candidates for White Sox, uh, Pedro Griefall, who's gotten an interview with them, was with the Kansas City Royals for at least nine seasons, and I was thinking that would be a nice introduction. You know, you know, he knows the system. He's helped Salvi become the catcher that he has become. And they love him already there. And I was thinking that's an instant fit. And when they hired Hugh yesterday, I was like, okay, I get pause on grief fall. If your own organization says I'm good, we're going to go and get somebody else. But this guy, Matt Quattaro, gets highly talked about by many people. And if it wasn't going to be Joe Espada, I said yesterday that I would like to have him because of his uh, recent success with an organization that's had good success in the playoffs too. And these are the things that Rick Hahn spoke about in his uh, end of the season presser. So I was thinking that would be a perfect fit and it would signal that the White Sox are going in a positive and different direction than what they usually do. So they still have candidates out there that if they hire him, I'll be like, okay, I get what they're doing and I like the direction they're going into, but they're falling off quickly so it's very very upsetting that the Kansas City Royals got a guy that I would like the White Sox to get but otherwise I will wait to reserve the 100% judgment until they hire the manager that they're gonna hire and I hope it happens soon enough it's gonna have to happen soon Herb Uh, I I think we've got basically a week left of this thing because the what Sean? What you don't think? Does so? it? Does it? No one else is hiring a manager. I mean, you know. No, I I think that the <laughs> deadline the deadline is the GM meetings. I think at this point, which begin a week from tomorrow, uh, in Las Vegas, and so uh, Rick Hahn's got to got to take off and go to Las Vegas here in a week. Uh, Sean, I'm sure you 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 checked everything out, made sure it's uh, all good for good and ready for Rick to uh, to attend out there in Vegas, but. Um, I, you know, I think you should stay in Paris. I enjoyed my stay. I also thought the Bellagio was nice. It's, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Probably a little bit of a walk from, from where the GM meetings are, but that's okay. Where's the GM meetings? Do we know? It's at the, I think it's at the North End. Oh, I, don't, I didn't yeah. like the North End. The North End, I didn't like it. Well, they're not there for vacation, Sean. This is well, <laughs> they're at the they Wynn should... or something like that on the North End. Yeah. I know they're not the Stratosphere. I 100% know they're not well, there. Yeah, which... this even though I love the stratosphere, the wind, the winds are right. I, I went over by the stratosphere and I, I looked up at it and it, get, it made me real dizzy and sick. I think, I didn't at, like I it. think they might be at circus circus. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
But listen, I, I I mean, you don't you can't go to the GM meetings without announcing your manager. You can't start your offseason business without your manager. Uh, you know, so I think we got a week here and it, it certainly would make sense that that is the deadline now. Um, I think we all kind of assumed that they were waiting to the end of the World Series to maybe for, for whatever reason. But there were perhaps some candidates that were uh, involved in the World Series and, and uh, they were waiting for them to finish things up. But right now it's just. I mean, it's, it's, listen, when you've got these, the guys who know everything, right? These national reporters, the guys who have all the information at their fingertips, basically throwing up their hands and saying, well, we, we don't know what's going on. It's a complete mystery. They've t- kept it a total secret. Um, that should show you the, uh, the way that the White Sox wanted this thing to operate. And I think they're getting their wish in that, it, at least in that regard, that, uh, that it has been quiet because uh, what is everybody tweeting? Oh, here's the people that we know that, that have been reported to have been interviewed. But also there's probably a ton of other ones. And, well, and so I, I don't think we can sit here and say, well, we have this exhaustive list. You know, I ran through the guys that have been reported in in, in what I wrote for, for allchgo.com. But again, there's nobody saying that that is an exhaustive list of the people that they have talked to or the people they're considering. What I want to go to is the John Heyman tweets because the, you linked – we got a new guy today. Um, John Heyman – at John Heyman and real – uh, John Heyman at John Heyman tweeted White Sox got permission to interview Yankees bench coach Carla Mendoza for managing opening uh, White Sox search has been mostly a mystery. Ozzie Guillen, Ron Washington and Joe Espada have been mentioned, but none of those three are seen now as especially likely that was at 805 a.m. And then John at 127 p.m. tweeted Royals coach Pedro Griefel also interviewed for White Sox managing job. The known candidates Griefel, Carlos Mendoza, Ron Washington, Joe Espada, and Ozzy believed to be a much bigger field, however. So I like how in one tweet he says it's a mystery. Ozzy Gee and Ron Washington have been mentioned, but none are, uh, you know, seem likely. Uh, and then he said the known candidates are Griefel, Mendoza, Washington, Espada, and Ozzy. So can't we just eliminate those? Uh, are we still thinking that Espada could be a dark horse? Are we still thinking that Ron Washington might be getting the job. It, is Ozzy still a serious candidate? Uh, Chicago Dumb says Ozzy's our savior. I mean, I think it goes to show you how little is getting out, right? I mean, and I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as easy as a lot of uh, folks on social media, you know, people that kind of pay super close attention to this and take every tweet as the gospel. I'm, I'm not sure that it's as easy as put all that information together and you have the complete picture, you know, cause it just isn't. Uh, and I think, um, you know, what, what, what one reporter might be hearing might be different from what another reporter is hearing or they, or they can't confirm it. You know what I mean? We, we had the report over the weekend that a spot is out of the running, but maybe these other guys are, are, are not as convinced that that is the case. or they just haven't been able to confirm it through, through the same source. Maybe there's different sources. Some are talking, some aren't. This is the world of reporting that frustrates people so much during the off season because they're like, why can't we just have definitive information? Because the White Sox don't want you to have definitive information. That's why. And there are, they don't want that information to get out, I should say. And so you're relying on, on incomplete pictures, you know, and, and listen, all these folks are trustworthy folks. We should believe what they have to say, certainly. But it doesn't mean that you're getting a 100% crystal clear picture of what's going on. And, and from what Rick Hahn tells us every offseason, that they operate the best uh, out of the spotlight. You know, when it comes to trying to negotiate for free agents or trying to make trades, you know, they're happiest when they're breaking their, that news themselves because it means that the negotiations, whether between player or between teams, went the way they wanted them to go. And I think right now you're maybe seeing an example of this manager search maybe going somewhat the way they want it to go. Um, that being said, we don't know the, that the opposite isn't true either. And perhaps there is scrambling going on behind the scenes perhaps they didn't get their first choice for whatever reason but again that's all speculation until we until we figure out what actually went down uh and we're not going to know that until it uh, an announcement is made that being said that announcement should come within the next seven days you would imagine yeah uh, the way that you're speaking it seems like it would align with uh what lucas giolito thinks uh alex rude uh, sent me this this is from the uh john boy uh podcast the chris rose rotation uh where he has current mlb players uh join him i think on a monthly basis and lucas is one of those players uh and this is what he had to say about the managerial search. Lee, it's so early i'm not paying attention to any of like the random twitter talk okay. um once it starts to get more serious it's probably gonna be after the world series i will start to pay closer attention and and you know maybe yeah might have conversations with the front office things like that but um 
you know, as they like go through the interview process with whoever um, and people are like spreading rumors, I'm not really interested in hearing about all that. There is a report. All right. So, I mean, just seems like we're going to have to wait until after the World Series uh, until we maybe get a, a clearer picture uh, of what that says. Uh, so- maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, I think the th- I think the thought is that you know, again, we were thinking the World Series has to end because of the people involved in this search. And if that has changed, you know, or if they go a direction that is away from one of those people, why can't it be beforehand? Every other team has hired a manager before the World Series is over. So, um, you know, the, the Rangers weren't waiting for the World Series to be over to hire Bruce Bochy. The Marlins didn't wait for the World Series to be over to hire Skip Schumacher. Um, I, I don't I don't see a need to wait unless there's a reason to wait, if that makes sense. So, but again, we don't, we don't know what's going on and I understand how incredibly frustrating that is, but we just don't know. So we can only operate on the information that that has been reported. And that's what I tried to do today, but I by no means am presenting that as uh, as the full and complete story of the White Sox managerial search. And and as a person that wanted Joe Espada as to, to be the guy for the White Sox, but also wanted a thorough search to leave no stone left unturned. I kind of am conflicted. I like the fact that they are interviewing everyone. The The news of Mendoza's interview or the request for Mendoza's interview is good. It's enlightening. It's a good thing that the White Sox are just talking to a lot of people and getting information and getting ideas. So I can't be too mad of what how they're doing and how the process is going so far because it's exactly what I wanted to happen. Now, the result was Joe Espada, but... I can't be both process over results during this season and then fucking throw that away just because I didn't get my guy. So the process seems like it's going well. Yeah, I I don't know. I agree with you that if it ends up being griefful, I I don't know if it just seems very odd that the Royals had the choice of either the guy that's been in the organization for 20, you know, since 2013 uh, or the outsider. Um, it just seems odd that you would then be getting what the Royals uh, have picked up. And we had the conversation on yesterday's podcast, you know, are the Royals truly that, you know, consistent contender that Rick Hahn described. And you went through the, the, the kind of candidacies and everything that Rick Hahn laid out. Um, I loved what you wrote about Ozzy immediately, uh, by the way. It's just doesn't seem like it's going to be Ozzy Guillen with everything that Rick Hahn said at its end of the season process. Uh, but, I wrote, but I wrote the same thing two conference. years ago about Tony La Russa, didn't I? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, we, I, I would just be so shocked. I think that was. The I don't think I, it's not going. It, no, I can't see. I, <laughs> I I shouldn't say I can't see it happening because. But the reason I can't see it happening is because it just happened, right? Like the this thing that we're talking about that would be so unlikely to happen just happened, and that's why I don't right. think it would happen again. You, can, you know, history won't repeat itself, and I, I don't think your point on Griefall is is a hundred percent. I don't agree with that because I, I, I think the whole point is when we heard Rick Hahn say was. They want new ideas. They want non-White Sox ideas. They want outside perspectives. I'm not saying that that's the best one or the things that the Royals do is how every team should operate, but it is different. Uh, You know what I mean? I mean, maybe the Royals want the same thing. The Royals are like, all right, listen, you you know, maybe Pedro Griefel is the Royals' Miguel Cairo. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, all right, good job. You, you, you You deserve us talking to you, but we just, we need something new. And maybe that's what the White Sox are, are, are thinking uh, when it comes to Cairo. Like, hey, Miguel Cairo, you did a great job. You impressed us with what you did at the end of the season. But we, we would like something new and different. So let's try to do that. I don't know. I don't know what Herb did that the, that the uh, sirens are coming after him. But uh, but but yeah, they they wanted to break up that Miguel Cairo conversation. For sure. <laughs> at the same time, Miguel Cairo is one of the only people that we know is got an interview for this job. So we have we have to bring him up. I mean, we could probably. Ozzy got an interview. Ozzy at least showed up to the to 35th and Shield to talk to somebody um, just because Ozzy is so connected to the media and the media has that report. I mean, his current employer has that report on their website. So I'd be pretty shocked if Ozzy didn't get an interview. So I think that the two that we could say um, that for sure got interviews are, are Ozzy Ian and, uh, and Miguel Cairo. Uh, but the, I guess the wording that I just like, 
when Jeff tweeted out what he said, you know, he's adored among players. This is talking about Quachara, uh, he's adored among players, coaches, execs, and is regarded as the ideal type uh, to shepherd the Royals young core. And it's like, what makes Pedro Griefel stand out so much that he's going to be better with a veteran core? I, I haven't seen anything that really points to that. Um, and also who knows that young core? Well, Pedro Griefel has been in the system since 2013. I, that's, that's the thing that I just kind of, it well, doesn't stick out Pedro well for Griefel. a candidate for me. I don't know, but I'm just, right. But it just logically, does that make sense? If the White Sox hire Pedro Griefel, we're, we're thinking logically about Ozzy Guillen. I, I'm just see, seeing if we could eliminate him. I, I feel not well, not eliminate. No, you can't run. until um, until until the until the hires made. You can't eliminate. Come on, anybody. it's more fun to eliminate them. I know, uh, but you're just you're just you're just going on guessing. You're just playing a guessing game right now. All right, and I lost last time that we uh, we played that guessing game. All last right. two, last two times. <laughs> you said it'd be Espada. You said it'd be Quatraro. Now you're going. You only got one strike left. <laughs> who's the next stake i'm gonna put it in i, don't, I have no idea i think i think you've I, eliminated I, pedro griefel it sounds like logically it just seems kevin longy um is it is, is yeah. logically that that i don't know i think carlos mendoza is going to gain a lot of fan traction seeing that a Why lot that? of folks just because oh bench coach, for, bench coach for the astros bench coach for the rays bench coach for the yankees why not you know what i mean like it's it's the next guy he's next in line kind of thing uh i'll say this about kevin long because you said this at the start of this whole thing Boy, you'd really love to have Kevin Long as your hitting coach, right? Does that mean you'd like to have Kevin Long as your manager? I mean, it can't hurt. Uh, it can't hurt to have that offensive, you know, mind uh, going going to a team that needs a lot of help offensively. Sure, but he's not going to be hitting coaching. Well, he's going to be managing. When you were t- when you uh, mentioned Griefel, you you brought up the uh, Andrews Elvis uh, Andrews uh, quote about being a good communicator. I haven't really heard anyone bring up that someone's a bad communicator, you know, like right. I haven't heard a man. Like, so like, I don't know how strong I could take like communication when I watched like Kevin Long interviews and videos um, compared to Joe Spada. And I know that speaking and, and public speaking is completely different than, uh, you know, being a baseball manager and being a baseball dugout and how to communicate in that setting. Cause obviously, you know, being a communication major, you know, that that's obviously completely different language and uh, code switching and stuff like that. But uh, I, I don't know. It just seemed like Kevin Long was very much a, a hitting coach guy. It didn't seem like he was a uniter or a good communicator or, or kind of that guy that would be able to blend everyone together. I, you know, when they talk about Matt Quicharo or Joe Espada, it felt like they were talking and, and leveling up. Uh, the way that he got to know you on an individual level and reading reports and just looking into these manager managers, the Kevin Long thing, it's just really that he's done a great job with great talent. Um, you know, going to four World Series in the past 10 years with four different teams, Nationals, now Phillies, uh, Mets, and then uh, Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a great hitting coach uh, resume, but you know, is anyone knocking on the door to get Ethan Katz as an ex-manager? And the thing too, I, I got one Yankees fan that immediately saw the report about Carlos Mendoza. And they're like, you're going after the wrong, young, uh, wrong Yankees coach. You should be going after the pitching coach. He's a genius. Um, so are you even picking the right, you know, apple or fruit from that Yankees tree? Yeah, but I'm thinking that Kevin Long has minor league experience as a manager and his team, I think, won. Low level, uh, very low um, level. I think it was, yeah, uh, single A. So before he started managing for uh, or hitting coaching for the major leagues. So to be fair to he, Herb, if Matt Quicharo or Joe Espada won anything on the low level, I'd be bringing it up. So yeah, and so <laughs> I just think like what's what's his reward for being a good hitting coach? Just continuing to be in a hitting coach that doesn't seem like a good career track. He needs the next thing, and the White Sox, like it or not, are kind of a proving ground for that. I mean, they're not one of the top tier teams. They're not one of the teams that people clamor to go to. It's probably where a, a team that you can cut your teeth in with, but also hit the ground running because he is a four-time World Series participant. And he might win his third ring. That is a huge thing for a hitting coach. So now he gets to go to the next thing to be a leader. Um, you can see how he still has relationships with people, even though he disagrees with them, which is a, a key thing, I think, as a leader. I don't know if you remember the John Boy video a couple of years ago where they were kind of checking on Mike Scherzer and his head, the Phillies were, and it was uh, Joe Girardi doing this. They were checking on him, see if he had any sticky stuff, because he kept on going to his cap. And Joe Girardi did this to Max Scherzer when he was a national, and Kevin Long was a nationals coach at the time, yelling at 
Joe Girardi saying, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, Joe Girardi. I don't like what you're doing. He hired him. This bad, he hired him <laughs> as the hitting coach this past year. And so it's like he could still get along with people who he disagrees with. And that's a huge thing as a leader, disagreeing and then coming together later on for a common goal. So I was initially way against his, um, his candidacy, but it only makes sense to wait this long for somebody participating in the World Series. Otherwise, you can hire Ozzy. You could have hired him right. first week of October. Well, that's the thing. There's no week to to wait for all the rest of the people unless you're going through this thorough search. Like I said, it seems like they don't have their guy as yet. And if they do, they just have to wait for the World Series to end to actually hire him. I think the the date that Vinny laid out of uh, the GM meetings, what's the first day of that? Do we have from tomorrow? The uh, the 8th. Okay, so the 8th. So that's probably your maybe your last day to look or maybe the last day it gets announced. Um Maybe the White Sox. I would say Monday would be. I think a week from today would be the last day you could announce. Is it so secretive? They already have their guy. He's already signed, announced, waiting in the wings. They're gonna release it on you know uh, November eighth. Like, hey, Uh, no, I don't think so. Again, what I brought up was. I I mean, the reason I brought that up was like, you don't have to wait if you have your guy, unless he's unless he's got working. You know what I mean? Unless he has work obligations until the end of the World Series. you don't need to wait. We've seen teams across the league not wait. Um, you know, I mean, listen, you can speculate. It's it doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe they maybe they wanted a guy who's working in the World Series and he opted to do something different. Uh, yeah. And now they're and now they're they're you know wrapping things up. The just because you just because uh, we got a report today that the Yankees granted permission to interview doesn't mean that the White Sox asked this morning. Yeah, I mean, it, they right. could have asked days ago and gotten permission days ago. This interview could have already happened, uh, and and it's just nobody caught wind of it yet, and until this morning when it was when it was uh, reported. So um, there's just so much there's just so much we don't know, and that's why it's like you can't say you, like here's the thing, Herb. You know, like I mean, it's very easy to go. Oh, I feel like they're doing this, or I think you know what I mean. It looks like they're doing this kind of thing. It seems like they're doing this. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> We can't we can't say that it that that you know I mean we're, we're it's all just it's all just speculation right now um, based on what has been reported and there's been so much that has not been reported is what it would seem to me from people saying that there's a lot more candidates out there that haven't been reported. Here's Al Rad reporting one right now. Shoeless Joe Jackson. It's Halloween. It'd be a fun <laughs> zombie fun zombie kind of uh, thing going on there. They're and driving out to they're driving out to Dyersfield right now to get Shoeless Joe for the uh, is he is he buried out there? Is that where no, his zombie? They just got to get the zombie corn. body would be. Oh, they just need the ghost. I see. Yeah. It's a, Technically, yeah, that's he's where he, he, that's where he resides. Now. He's not buried there. He resides. His spirit gotcha. resides there. Because he was banned for life, and since he's dead, he's good now. There you go. He's not banned for death. It's a good mm-hmm. point. Ooh. Take second base. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just about to go into the ad read, and now Parker is uh, updating the ad log right now. So I have no idea what to add to, to go to yet. So I'm just going to keep going to the chat real quick. Uh, Dave from the 209 said, uh, any report if they've interviewed Sandy Alomar Jr.? No, but Cleveland did say that Tito Francona will return for 2023. So it does open not only Sandy Alomar Jr., um, but also Cleveland's bench coach. So I, I would be fine. Like if, if they went out and got someone from Cleveland, that would make sense because Cleveland has been more contending than Kansas City. The, the grief all thing doesn't make sense. Kansas, just City's, because, Kansas City's got a World Series ring much more recent than the than the Cleveland franchise does. It's been a while for Cleveland, but I, <laughs> we're looking at divisions and playoff appearances. I think the Guardians have the more in the past 10 years. So I, I would just think that, you know, that would make sense. Uh, if, or or DeMarlo Hale, uh, who is the bench coach for the uh, Guardians, like maybe – those are two of the, the the under the radar candidates that we just haven't heard about. Um, but I, I could see Sandy be, I know he has White Sox DNA, but so does Ozzy Ian. So I mean, he an interview. Uh, they could just have, a, you know, Sandy come back to 35th and Shields for an interview. So um, I wouldn't mind uh, that name as well. Uh, but again, we're just speculating here. Uh, there, there's no report uh, that says he he is the next manager. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to now go in and let you know about Shady Rays. Um, right now isn't the best day for sunglasses. Uh, it is very cloudy. Uh, and I woke up to a ton of fog. So again, maybe you wouldn't need sunglasses today. But when you are going to need sunglasses, I just went out to Vegas. Very sunny out there. Maybe you're going to Mexico this winter to escape the very, very cold, cold Chicago winter. Uh, 
pick up some Shady Rays. Uh, Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that you will send, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you drop them in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Replace them. Uh, I am very uh, bad at managing uh, where my sunglasses are, and I am very prone to breaking them and losing them. And if I uh, made a quality investment in sunglasses like Shady Rays, uh, I would be very, very, very uh, calm knowing that I have this great insurance plan uh, with these sunglasses. Again, over 200,000 five-star reviews. Uh, they are some of the best sunglasses on the market, and this is one of the best deals out there. It's the deepest deal of their season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more uh, pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free at ShadyRays.com. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. And next, we got game time. Uh, there's not a lot of baseball left, but we got basketball coming up. We got hockey going on as well. Uh, we got college football going. Herb, you're a line Top 15. Is the siren still going off? You're on mute. It is not. Oh, okay. I, I was just know. making sure if one did go off, it would not be heard during your commercials. I just heard a car horn, uh, horn honk, but uh, congrats to your line Thank you, sir. They're great. And they're going to keep on moving up. And if I need some tickets, game time will be the move. What's the next like big game for them? Well, they have a game this weekend, and I think it's versus Michigan State, so it's not that big. But it's rumors that game time or that a uh, game day will be down there Ooh. next Saturday if they play. Well, they're going to play versus Perdon, but if they win versus Michigan State, that'll be a battle for first place in the Big Ten West, and be the first time ever that College Game Day will attend at the University of Illinois. There you go. So if you've ever dreamed to going to a game that game day would be at, uh, maybe at the 50-yard lines, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal on uh, this season on Illini tickets or Bulls tickets, Bears tickets as well. I heard Green Ridge Farm is going to be sending out some uh, meat sticks and, and some meat products to our Bears tailgate. So on November 6th, when the Bears take on the Dolphins, Make sure that you head out to our tailgate. Um, I think it starts at 8 a.m. Uh, don't we have a banner Correct. for it? For 8 a.m.? Is, yeah. is this an ad read within an ad read oh, within an yes. ad read right now? Yes. Inception. <laughs> but wow. it's, it's, it's a package deal. You, we're going to have great, delicious stuff at the tailgate, and the tailgate is before the game. So it's kind of a it's, – it's, I think it's called synergy, where you're at the, you're at the tailgate and the biggest last-minute price drops – can be found on game time. So, and especially since it's Sunday, I mean, this is before the GM meetings. The GM meetings are a week from tomorrow. So imagine how close something on November 6th is. And then um, you're just walking 10 minutes away from Soldier Field there. So you can get the bingo. last minute deals right there from game time while you're enjoying some Greenwich Farms at our tailgate. So click the link in the description. Uh, join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. And again, it's not just sports. It is concerts. So if you want to be in a nice hall or concert event or theater, uh, you can download the game time app and check out the fantastic deals at game time. Uh, so thank you, Game Time, for being a sponsor. All right, let's jump into the next bit, and we're going into our questions from our people in the CHGO Discord. Today is Monday, so we are going to reach into the Monday mailbag. Uh, do we have the uh, the first question here, Joey? Uh, or yeah, they're loading them in right now. Hold on, my guy. Um, so if you do want to, oh, I see it right now. Uh, he also spelled that was my like name. Doc. That was like Doc Brown preparing the the DeLorean right there. <laughs> he was panicked. Marty, meet me at thirty fifth and Shields. No time to waste. He's got to get that flux capacitor going. There it is. There go. Look at that, Joey. He said it's going to be in right away. Appreciate it. Uh, first up is Sam in the CHGO Discord again. Uh, if you want to become a uh, member of our CHGO Discord, you can head to allchgo.com. Uh, you get access to our articles. So the article that Vinny wrote, uh, summing up some of the candidates that we know or possibly can speculate that might be uh, in contention for the White Sox managerial uh, line, and also comparing it to what. Uh, Rick Hahn said at the end of the year uh, how they line up to their you know, candidatial uh, 
candidate uh, resume. Uh, Vinny has all that all laid out at allchgo.com. Uh, but you get access to reading those articles. You get access to the CHG, CHGO Discord, and you get a free shirt uh, from the CHGO Locker. But this is from Sam. Uh, question, how soon should we expect a major offseason move from the White Sox front office? So we can already lay out that uh, we have the manager probably November 8th, uh, no later than that. Uh, but first signings, when does free agency open? When do we see the White Sox being a player? Do we see them being very, very active and going out and possibly setting the market. Um, so Herb, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, when's the first big move the Sox made either uh, be trade or free agency? Well, Vinny just said it. the GM meetings are next week. Usually they set up deals for the winter meetings at the GM meetings, but you'll occasionally see something happen there. But uh, I think we're going to get as we did in the year that Yasmani Grandal was signed. I think he was signed mid-November. I think the first deal will be around then. Rick Hahn will set up some deals or on the in the GM meetings while he's in Vegas, and then finally get the you know the last type of uh, details of that deal done. And I've I wholly believe that either trade nor or free agency will be in the middle of November for uh, the White Sox. There's a lot that goes into this, uh, and and it's hard you know it's hard to say. I I personally think that the White Sox love identifying their targets early, and their preference is they get them right away. And you saw it with Yasmani Grandal; it worked. Um, that's not always though how the baseball market works, right? I mean, these guys are obviously trying to get the best deals for their clients. Uh, that's what the agent's job is: is to to go to work this time of year and try to to increase that salary as high as they can. Then there's the opposite end of that, which is Baseball teams basically extending the market in the last few years all the way into spring training um, and teams making big signings, big, big, big signings all the way after uh, pitchers and catchers have reported, sometimes after camp opens. So um, then there's your definition of major, right? Uh, uh, I think last year you saw the White Sox jump and, and get Kendall Graveman. They wanted Kendall Graveman. They went out and got Kendall Graveman. Normally that earns a pat on the back. But people didn't think it was a big enough move. And so uh, not a lot of excitement over that, even though he had a very nice year in 2022. Um, so there's a lot that goes into this. And I think it, if the White Sox had their druthers, uh, they would uh, be signing everybody before December 1st. They would be signing everybody they want, and making all the moves they want and, and getting business done quick and early. Uh, but it rarely works out that way because they've got 29 other teams to deal with and they've got an entire uh, industry's worth of, of agents and players uh, to work with as well. Um, it's hard to uh, get other teams on board with what you need when they don't necessarily know how their puzzle is going to fit together either. So uh, it, it kind of is this one big ecosystem that really um, works against things happening quickly uh, in, in a lot of, uh, in a lot of instances. So I guess uh, to sum up, I would say maybe don't hold your breath that something's going to happen right away, even in the first month of the off season, just because that's not really how things have been working out the last few years. Things drag not just into December, but into January, February, and, and, and sometimes even March. So uh, that's a tough question to answer. Uh, but I would tend to say, the majority of the time, these, uh, especially recently, these things uh, last longer than they do uh, uh, happen right away. But certainly the White Sox with Yasmani Grandal is a great example of things coming together quickly. Yeah, right. I, I, the market, I said setting the market, I, I think that that would probably be defined as uh, the free agent market will be set and forever set after Aaron Judge signs. So we'll figure out what he gets paid. Uh, but if the White Sox have their guy, let's say Brandon Nimmo, he's not a $300 million player, but he would be the biggest free agent signing in White Sox history. Is that Yasmani Grandal enough? I mean, they're kind of setting the market there. If they go out, uh, the Mets, I, I think there was a report from the Athletics saying that Brandon Nimmo would get something around five uh, years, 110 to $115 million. And then I heard something, uh, a report from Denver that, hey, the Rockies would be interesting in paying uh, Brandon Nimmo five years, uh, 110 to $115 million. Oh, hey, now there's a ambulance outside my house. So, hey, Herb, uh, we're siren buddies. They just said hi. Scoring um, the city. <laughs> it is. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I think, it, could the White Sox sign Brandon Nimmo? If yeah. they give him the most money, yes, they could. Do we see that? Like, do we see the White Sox spending 
at what, $23 million this year on a single player. I wanted them to do it with Kyle Schwarber. That was the major move that I think that you were saying, but they went out and got Kendall Graveman. Like, I mean, just if we could, you know, think about look into you, our, uh, our, 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 our crystal ball here on Halloween. Think about what you, I don't know if you want, but your offseason plan of letting Jose Abreu go, it's $18 million available to spend. So adding Brandon Nimmo, who's a lefty bat that they need, an outfield glove that they need, and somebody that is uh, highly wanted on the uh, free agent market. And as Vinny said, they do go after their guys once they identify them initially. Like, okay, we got our targets. And then they'll pick up at the end of spring training and they can get all the rest of the players that they uh, seek out later. But I don't see the White Sox and money being a problem. Yes, they have not traditionally signed anyone past the $100 million mark. But I think they understand they're in a time crunch with this year being one of the last years of the window being open. And they need to go and get whatever player is available out there that can help them. That's not going to break the bank too much. And Brandon Nimmo for $23 million, to me is way too much. But it's not my money. If they sign him, I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead. It's not my money. It's a great signing then. Can I, can I help with a, a, a Brandon Nimmo you know, stat? Yeah. Since twenty eighteen, which one? Which one? Which uh, acronym? Uh, it, it seven is a one, three, seven letter a, one. No, it's a three letter one. Okay, it's it's one that I think Vinny's used in an article before, so I'm not using anything crazy here. We know this one. We love this one. Since twenty eighteen, that's just a year. That's not a stat. Uh, since twenty eighteen, uh, the only outfielders with a higher weighted runs created plus okay. than Brandon Nimmo are Mike Trout. Yep. Aaron Judge. Yes. That's it? No. Keep, there's more. Uh, Nomar Mazzara. No. <laughs> Mookie Betts, oh, Bryce yeah. Harper, and Juan Soto. Those guys are all pretty good, Sean. Those all guys are probably about $300 million. What happens when one? we normal? What Doesn't that seem we, White Soxian uh... to get a $300 million worth of production for $115 million? It seems smart. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Listen, they've got to blow these guys away, right? I mean, that's how you sign somebody, and that's how you sign somebody quickly. It's what they did with Yasmani Grandal. Uh, it's what they attempted to do with Zach Wheeler. Didn't pan out that way, but they did offer him more money than anybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's how you do it. And so if you want a guy, that's how you go get it. Thing is, with the White Sox, as we've talked about 8 million times over the last few weeks, is they've already given money to their guys. They've already given money to Aloy Jimenez. They've already given money to Yohan Moncada. They've already given money to Luis Robert and Tim Anderson. Uh, is that is that going to prevent them from giving money to somebody else? We'll find out. Um, I think it's very easy for everybody to say, uh, you know, just spend more, spend more, spend more. Um, the payroll is pretty high. It was a top the 10 bank- payroll already. I'm not saying, I'm again, like Herb yeah. said, it's not our money. They do it, they do it, whatever. But don't expect them to... Don't maybe expect them to do something that you already know is is unrealistic. If it's unrealistic, though, like they haven't made that signing, but they've been competitive or quote unquote competitive or had the seat at the table um, to use Rakan's quote of, you know, being at, at the, the seat for Manny Machado. Um, Bryce Harper said that he liked their presentation and clearly they they made an offer to Harper or at least, you know, were interested in Harper. You mentioned Zach Wheeler. That would have been a hundred million dollars. Like yeah. they never made that signing. So why why did that why does that cash come off the che- or why does that cash come off the table you know like well like, all those all those discussions were held before they signed these their internal guys to all these contract mm-hmm. extensions um, I'm just saying that the, you know listen the money adds up in whatever way you want it to add up the one big thing you have to remember the one big thing that this comes down to is do the White Sox want Brandon Nimmo I mean you want Brandon Nimmo but do right. the White Sox and so if it's like White Sox why aren't you going to get Brandon Nimmo maybe they don't want him. And that's fine. He's you know good. What I mean? he, sure, he can. I hit, said Kyle Schwarber was good. He's also good. You know, that yeah, that's true. Would have been a bad signing. Listen, think... the production is good, but it's not just about it's not just about that. They have to want to give these guys that money, and if they don't identify, they identified Yasmani Grandal as the guy they wanted to give the largest contract, free agent contract in team history. They identified Zach Wheeler as a the guy they wanted to give that money to. They identified Liam Hendricks as a guy they wanted to give that money to. Right, and. They certainly identified Manny Machado as a guy they wanted to give that money to. Um, but some of those were successful and some of them weren't. And now you have to continue putting the puzzle together, even though those guys said no. You can't just uh, you know hold it and say, oh, well, the next time a $300 million uh, player comes around, we'll give him that money. No, 
they, it got, it has to be a guy that they, that they want. You know what I mean? It's not our money. And you got to remember that it's not, it's it, just because you want to spend it on well, somebody. And I say you royally. Yeah. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, uh, doesn't mean that they want to do the same thing. Well, that, and that's why I'm not entertaining judge. I mean, Alex says we can't get judged because Jerry is the owner. I don't think you're going to get judged because Rick Hans, the GM and Kenny Williams is above him too, because, and Hey, maybe this is very white soxy and to give the 30 year old, uh, a sh- ton of money, um, and bring, you know, like Manny Ramirez, Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. I don't think judges like that. I just don't think the White Sox would make that big of a splash just because he is 30 years old. But Brandon Nimmo, who is just a little bit lower, um, is around that same age where they invested in Yasmani Grandal and Liam Hendricks. So that's why I think it would make sense is, you know, and obviously that's just when guys become free agents in the MLB, but he's a left-hander, plays great defense, gets on base, very similar to Yasmani Grandal, but plays right field. Uh, Doesn't switch hit, but plays right field. I like the Jared's comment uh, where it says what seems white Soxians is to think that you can get 300 million for 110 million, but they have to play that way. I mean, they haven't gone above and beyond. I mean, people haven't signed their deals. The Wheeler thing, he signed with a team that gave him less money. So the White Sox, it's not the willingness to go there. They don't swim in the $300 million waters. They haven't. And I wouldn't necessarily want them to go for a judge because it doesn't solve a lot of their problems. It solves the home run hitting problem for one guy, for one spot in the in the order. But is that enough to get him over the top? I know the White Sox and how they operate. If they sign one $300 million guy, they're not continuing that trend. That's the end of spending. Then they'll go and go on the margins for the, all the rest of the people. With the Brandon Nimmo things, they can sign him and then – fill in with major league talent that is acquirable and not that much money and not breaking the bank. Aaron judge breaks the bank for the white Sox way past what they want to spend. And I don't know if the white Sox are winning next year just because they get Aaron judge on their team. Yeah. The one thing that I thought didn't right. Uh, The one thing I did think it was interesting that Rick said that was the the players and the front office have to earn the, the fans trust back. Um, I just think if you go out and spend some money, uh, that would earn some trust back. And I don't know if, you know, uh, money does equate trust, but yeah, I don't know, maybe. I think winning games probably earns that trust back. That's that would true. be my that would be my uh, my thought on that one. Fair. Uh, you see all this lighting that that's in my house? You see the, the lights up here? You see the ring light here? Uh, all of that is powered to you by ComEd. I, I was <laughs> looking uh, for our ad reads, and now I see that we are now powered by ComEd. So that's oh, very, right. very cool. Uh, yeah, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and business in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire how to upgrade updated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights and learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your family's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for outdoor and indoor lighting, and network lighting controls make these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz, B-I-Z, now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Again, visit comed.com slash poweringbiz to start saving money and energy. Very cool that ComEd is powering us. And then next is our people over at FOCO. Uh, I lo- love just saying FOCO. My favorite, I think, brand that we are sponsored by to say. Just rolls off the tongue. Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered for Soldier Field to the living room, north or south uh, side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch, and collectibles. Foco, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-sale pre or for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Um, my favorite thing on Foco is the Dallas Keuchel Gold Glove bobblehead. Um, so mm-hmm. let's just get into it. We have 
a player grade. We got more questions, uh, but we have a player grade for today. Surprise. It's Dallas Keuchel. Uh, results, we agreed. Uh, Herb said F minus. Uh, Vinny is on our side saying F. And again, we, we can't give F pluses or F minuses. Uh, so we'll give a result of F for Dallas Keuchel. Stuff and command, uh, we'll just say it was incomplete and just really didn't show up this year. And overall, uh, he was a trick. Uh, he wasn't a treat. Joey, he, he failed. And I, I don't know why you said treat. I said trick in Slack. So uh, that was a that was a complete trick of a, a year from Dallas Keuchel. Thanks, Dallas, for nothing. Yeah, he just struggled the whole year. I mean, a two whip is just unheard of. The man was just one-to-one and walks and strikeouts, 2020. And I wish we could uh, go back to 2020 with him because that's the year that he dominated for the White Sox, signing that contract right after Yasmani Grandal did. I felt that offseason was a great offseason for Rick Hahn. And when Dallas Keuchel committed, I was like, he's not the Cy Young Award winning Dallas Keuchel that we're getting. But I was wrong. In 2020, that man was filthy. He was absolutely much better than we expected. And 2021 and 2022 is more of the guy. Well, actually, I didn't expect him to be as poor as he was this year. 2021 was kind of where I expected him to be for the White Sox during his career. So I was uh, I would applaud the White Sox for after eight games saying it's been real, but we can't do this and eating all the money that they had to because he was just bad every single time he went out there. And from an outside perspective, a person that never really talked to Dallas, never really uh, saw anybody say anything in the papers about him. It seemed like he was kind of a bag in the clubhouse. So I hope that the, his departure got some relief for that clubhouse and they started playing a little bit better. And I hope that he and his family have a good time somewhere else because it was not a good fit after uh, 2020. Yeah, he was bad. He was bad this year. Very bad. That's why his uh, contract uh, came to an early end. Um, you know, that's sometimes these things don't work out. And uh, Herb, you said it. I think everybody was pretty excited about that signing when it happened. Um, certainly he seemed like a guy who could play that kind of John Lester role, right? That veteran who had been there, done that one, a World Series and kind of um, put some faith into what the, the White Sox were building. You know what I mean? Show people around the league that, hey, there's a reason to trust in in this group of uh, young talent that they've got that at the time was very unproven. Um, and uh, so it, it had all the makings of a really, really good signing. Uh, but man, in 2021, it, it nosedived uh, something something fierce. And then this year, obviously more of the same. So I think there were reasons to be optimistic about a, a, a bounce back for Dallas uh, this year uh, for after the bad 2021, just because like I just said, been there and done that knew how to get out of this kind of thing before, but sometimes you just can't get out of it. And that's, uh, that's what happened. And uh, uh, you know, good thing for the, for the White Sox standpoint that, uh, that Johnny Cueto was able to be what he was because uh, they got uh, Dallas, the performance they thought they were going to get out of Dallas Keuchel, uh, you know, making maybe eating that money, hurt a little bit less because uh, they still paid kind of for the same performance that they got out of Johnny Cueto. Right. Uh, then that was a blessing in disguise. Uh, that was very, very welcome and a sight for sore eyes. Uh, the veteran that I think uh, they wanted Dallas Keuchel to be in 2022. And, and he had the worst year of his career and it wasn't even close. Like 2021 was a bad year for Dallas Keuchel, a 1.531 uh, whip. Uh, and that was, you know, matching his young years when he was 24 and 25. He had a 1.547 whip and a 1.53 whip. Uh, this year he had a whip of two, allowed two <laughs> walks and hits per inning uh, and had an ERA of nine, which is just ridiculous. Not a good year. <laughs> what was that? Not a good formula for winning no, right there. No, no, no. So he I mean, was absolutely... even if you like just say, hey, let's see what he did with his FIP. His FIP was five, was 618. So he was bad even though his, you know, it wasn't as bad as a White Sox with his almost 80 RA, but his FIP was still 618. Well, and to, to paint, you know, my homerism and to paint my uh, red assery, uh, Herb, I want to paint a picture for you uh, for the old score uh, head in you. Uh, mm -hmm. We had the on-air, uh, like the on-air production studio, right? Um, yep. You had, then you had the on-air studio. Then you had Russ's studio. And then you had the like cutting room, right? Yeah. So I was in the cutting room doing the Bulls game. And in Russ's studio was Chris Dickens. And he was doing the Bulls game. 
And I was on Twitter because uh, Bulls games were very, very easy to do. And it was the Bulls and Pistons and the Bulls were winning. So I, I didn't pay too much attention. And I was on Twitter. And then at 6.51, Jeff Passan tweets breaking left-hander Dallas Keuchel and the Chicago White Sox are in agreement on a deal. Sources tell ESPN. And I started printing as much paper as I could, which I regret, um, of that Jeff Passan tweet, just a screen print of it and i just kept giving dickens like every five minutes a piece of paper that just said <laughs> dallas keichel signs with the white Sox. i was so excited for them to get dallas keichel it sucked that it turned out this way uh but hey uh, you know that's that's how it goes and i think there's uh, some embarrassing takes from herb uh, from the 2022 preseason of how good dallas keichel is going to be oh, on gosh. off the what, what a terrible uh, prediction that was i wanted the guy to be great but it did not happen it did not work out for Dallas Keuchel have his bounce back season. But like you, I was traveling back from the city to St. Charles, where I think it was around Christmas. So my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, were going to her mom's house. They went shopping for Christmas stuff. And I did a locked on socks by myself in her bathroom, just pacing. And it's like, yeah, I can't believe the White Sox got Yasmani Grandel and Dallas Keuchel. Here we go. I was hyped up. And I, the 2020 performance, I think, made the contract actually fine because he had such a dominant year in 2020 and helped that team to the playoffs. The other two years, you know, he just ran out of steam and was hurt mostly 2021. I'm sure he probably was hurt in 2022, but he's a guy who is a gamer, wants the ball, and was just not good anymore. He just ran out of steam. Sometimes those things happen. I know you're not saying uh, that the Osmond Grandal contract's bad, but if you're saying, uh, you know, the the 2022 season where Dallas Keuchel gets you 11 starts, uh, that that was that made, that made the contract worth it, then I think Yasmani Grandal's 2020 and 2021 made that four-year contract worth it. Um, I I've already seen. said the Yasmani Grandal contract is on payment for right. what he did last year and what he did the year before. Yeah, he's and he the, uh, he the bad year in 2022. I don't think it was going to be a thing. I think. In 2023 he's going to bounce back to be the real guy but yeah it's if you look at metrics and if you say that war and wins are a certain amount of dollars he killed it last year in 2021 i was uh i'm just afraid that those injuries are just so serious it just seems so scary what he went through in 2022 that i don't know they might just be career uh dampeners uh let's go to the final mailbag questions uh this is coming from our guy clark uh mailbag question oh no we gotta go to anthony's first uh anthony uh the question uh anthony shulo uh commenting on our discord saying okay boys let's hear it what uh halloween candy best represents the 2022 socks i'm going candy corn colorful and appealing at first yet ultimately bland and disappointing uh do we have candy uh recommendations for the 2022 socks yes uh milky way milky way is the initial candy bar of the Mars Corporation. Then they went on to make Snickers and then Three Musketeers. The White Sox are Milky Way. It's good. It's nougat. It's caramel. It's chocolate. The Yankees, the Astros, those are Three Musketeers and Snickers. They're always at the top. They're always champions. And Milky Way thinks, hey, I should be up there with you, my brethren. I'm the oldest of them. I am established. But no, it's trash. Milky Way is always trash. You're expecting something delicious. You got nougat, you got caramel, and chocolate. You're like, okay, what are we missing? Peanuts. That's what you're missing because it's that's Snickers. It's delicious. And then they improved the formula with Three Musketeers of Milky Way because Three Musketeers is better than Milky Way. That is what Milky Way is. You're you're insane, and Joey is exactly right. Three Musketeers is missing one of those ingredients. It doesn't have caramel. It's, it's not as good anyway. as Milky Way. Caramel's overrated. better than Milky Way. You guys are insane. You say that Caramel's Milky Way overrated. is better than Three Musketeers? Of course Milky Way is better three than Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers are for psychopaths. I, do, I don't even dislike <laughs> Three Musketeers. I'll tell you, this is my Three Musketeers thing. They're When I was in high school, they came out with a vending. We never, we never had vending machines in our high school. And instead of like pop or something normal yeah. they installed vending machines that sold like bottled milkshakes Ooh. that were all flavored to candy bars oh, and one of them was three musketeers and a three musketeers milkshake is not something you want especially out of a vending machine <laughs> you have no idea how many days it's been in there it was it was 
it was bad. It was bad. So I'm, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer for this. Yeah. I think what you, what you're going for is something that you think is going to be good. And then it ends up being disappointing, but it should yeah. be something that isn't terrible. Like I've heard, I saw somebody say circus peanuts. No, no, no. That's like the, that's like, you know, the, I don't even know who was the worst team in baseball this year, the nationals. It's like circus peanuts are like, if the nationals could only play with one player, like that's how and terrible that player circus Cesar peanuts Hernandez. Are. Yeah. That's how terrible circus peanuts are. So Joey, what the hell? This is an no. image from SpongeBob. Might be before your guys' time. This is like no, I remember it. There's maybe the great after patties. the new manager comes in and he's like fabricating how they're making the Krabby Patties. That's what it. That's what it reminds me of. Just this weird inside of gray. Uh, sorry, Herb. Is it no, when? Is it when? Way. Uh, yes, I get SpongeBob. It. Hey, Herb. Uh, no, Joey. Is it when SpongeBob and the uh, what's it, the the Krabby Shack? What the fuck? Krabby, uh, the Krusty Krab. Krusty Krab. Uh, is it when they sell out? Because the the episode's called selling out. It is called selling out. It is wow. called selling out. That's crazy. You just saw that on my screen share, but okay, I did. Louis <laughs> um, trash and uh, Snickers is great. I'm gonna maybe, say that here's what I'll say dots? about the White Sox. This is my White Sox candy comp. Okay, okay. it's banana laffy taffy Ugh, because all the other God. laffy taffies are good Delicious. and you're happy to get it. And so mm. banana, oh laffy taffy, like okay, I like laffy taffy, but then you get banana and you're like, oh, mm, banana's the best better. one. Banana nah, doesn't. You're banana is the candy. one. Banana that makes terrible candy. On, that should pop up on some sort of like personality you, test that that puts you on a watch list of some you kind. Got, I, well, I'm on best one. Many different. You know watch they lists. have a like a red or a pink, right? Like come I, on, it's too, it's too, it's too. There's too much acid in that mix, and it doesn't taste like banana Dang. either. It doesn't come close to banana. If at least if you're gonna be bad, or you're gonna be off of banana, make it good. Make I love the banana. The, good. I love banana runs. That's my favorite Terrible little too. little piece of runt. But throw those in the garbage all the time, or put, I, put them on the side for everybody else to have. You compared it. You brought up a, a circus, circus peanuts. Yes. What about dots? Ugh. Dots are actual a thing you can eat. Circus peanuts is like it's like is building material. But are you ever excited about dots? Like they made dots better. They're called fruit gushers. Yeah, gushers are good. Yeah, like I don't know. Like dots are kind of. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, keeping on the candy theme, uh, Clark said, what kind of candy do you think Jerry Reinsdorf gives out for Halloween? Uh, what does Rick Hahn give out? Liam Hendricks has to be giving out those full-size candy bars. I think uh, Leary Garcia with his extension is definitely spreading the love. I think that guy is giving out king size to share bars. I mean, if you want to live it up, go to Leary Garcia's uh, house and he's probably just spending, you know, at least 5k on just peanut, you know, just, just wow. Halloween candy alone for, for the people, you know, a man of the people. He's the legend. Jerry's giving out those uh, fun size zero candy bars. If you remember the zero. Zero? What is it, zero? It, exactly. Thank you, old man Herb. It was what terrible. Is... It's like a white chocolate bar. It was disgusting. I like white chocolate a lot. Oh, I don't know if it was actually white chocolate. <laughs> oh. but I think it was a white bar with like chocolate inside of it. It was disgusting. No, that looks gross. Yeah. Zero Caramel zero. peanut almond nougat covered with a layer of white fudge. Yeah. Oh, I remember weird. this. Yeah, that's yeah, not good. That's what Jerry gives out. <laughs> those are just those are like that's those are now good. like protein things, aren't they? Don't they yeah. like sell those? Like they're like if you're on the Atkins diet, like they just put a bunch of <laughs> random ass uh, vitamins in one of those things and you have them. Do you guys have a, a vote for worst candy bar? I would say almond joy or mounds because it's the same thing. But mounds are worse because they're no almond. Mounds have coconut. Almond joys have almonds. They're not the same. But thing. they're both coconut. <laughs> no, they're not. There's no coconut in mounds. I thought no, I there thought is coconut. Had, in mounds. I thought the only difference and there's is coconut they, and when, almond there's a big joy. almond in there. Almond joy has coconut. I don't know. I don't eat. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, almond yeah, joy I don't eat them because they're gross. I don't eat either of them. I don't have a worse chocolate bar or a worse candy bar thing. I don't. I just don't. If it's bad, I don't want it. Just keep it away from me. I want only good things. So uh, my favorite, candy. my favorite is Crunch Bar. Crunch Bar is my go-to oh, fave. Classic. Yeah, I love Crunch Bar. Yeah. Classic. That's my, that's my thing too. Uh, we bought a, uh, and I think I think Clark ended up asking uh, too, what are you guys giving out? Um, so I got a bag of Butterfingers, uh, mini Butterfingers, 100 grand, Crunch Bars, and uh, Baby Ruth. And the only reason I bought it was because Crunch. Because I like Baby the, Ruth too. Baby Ruths are good too. Butterfingers yeah, are too much. They're See, good, I think they, they hurt my teeth. I love hundred grand also, but hundred grand takes like one fun size. Hundred grand takes about an hour to eat. Oh yeah, a lot of caramel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like caramel, but I my favorite caramel one is hundred grand because they just they they did it right with that one. Um, and then I guess the final one here is from our guy, uh, Who's Your Daddy? Is Halloween ends a bad movie or a really bad movie? Also, brief discussion of favorite or guilty pre pleasure uh, horror flicks would be fun. So, you guys got any uh, movies oh, wow. you'll be watching tonight? That's with the hat. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, crocodile someone, Dundee. Someone, someone said that uh, you guys didn't dress up and that they were disappointed. And I probably would have dressed up if we were in person, uh, but I didn't leave my house today. But I went to Vegas and got this sick hat. It's weird. That looks like um, a, that looks like something Shaft would wear. Who's Shaft? Wow. His name um, is Shaft. Jesus Christ. Can you um, apparently hey Herb Herb? You know what Sean can't do? Sean can't dig it. No, he cannot. Ugh. That's that's terrible, Sean. Um, what was the question again, Sean? And you throw me off with your non your knowledge of or lack of knowledge of Shaft. What is Shaft? What do you mean what is Shaft? It's a movie. Isaac Hayes sang the theme song. Yeah. Okay, in eighty seventy one. Yeah, and then they did oh, a remake Shaft with, with cool Samuel L. Jackson. Shaft is cool as hell. I'm Shaft. Your hat. Um, he's sick. You know who Shaft is? Shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Just talk uh, about Shaft. <laughs> Halloween ends. I don't know what it is, but I understand that Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis's character has been around her brother forever and hasn't killed him yet. I mean, I know we she cut her head his head off in the twenty uh, Halloween version, but be better killers. This fucker is going around for like what forty years now. Burn him. Do something else. It's a bad movie if you can't kill that guy who's already been dead 20, 30 plus years. And then my guilty pleasure movie is uh, Ichabod Crane. I think it's called The Lonely Toad or some shit like that. It's a cartoon. A Disney movie. Yes. The... Describing the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Oh, just so yeah. great. Just an awesome movie. The Headless Horseman. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's a guilty pleasure and it's a great movie. You did? Yeah. You guys it's are an really awesome movie. Tune. It's on point. It's a, it's on theme. It's Halloween. Uh, no, I'm not a big. I don't like horror movies. I don't like. I don't like when people try to make Halloween like serious. Like, oh, you're, I'm scaring you. It's serious. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be afraid. It's a holiday. It should be silly. And so I like. I like goofy things. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is great. You know, Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. I like a, a, a Halloween, a Halloween thing that is funny. I want a comedy, a horror comedy, if you will. And. Just uh, putting this in there, our guys Yumper and Swo at the show also have uh, 31 days of uh, Halloween movies. So they're more movie-centric, uh, so you can ask them, too, if you're uh, so inclined. Yeah, uh, the scariest movie I ever saw was Stand By Me, so uh, I'm not really in for horror movies. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not big on those. So I'm with Vinny. Uh, give me a little funny, funny ha-ha. Uh, give was me it, a little Bill Murray. And a when little, you saw Ray Brower, you were, like, scared? Who? You said stand by me, Ray Brower. Yeah. He's the kid who died and got hit by the train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realize. I didn't know the character's name. I just remember it as the dead kid who got hit by the train. And if it was me, it would be Vern, too, because he would have been dead on those goddamn tracks. It was Vern the. the, the he was Jerry, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, the yeah. Chubby kid. Yeah. yeah they were okay. sitting on the tracks. I would have picked him up. Gordy was too good for him. I will too say good. this, though. I do, love, I do love Stranger Things. So I think that okay. kind of counts, right? That, mm -hmm. that kind of counts. Yeah. You watch really all the good. seasons? Oh, yeah. The okay. third one's the best because it's the most ridiculous and goofy. I stopped after season one. It got it oh got no, too, you got to get through got three. Too goofy for me. Got to get to three. It's crazy. Yeah, you Stranger Things guy, Herb. I watched the first season and never continued. Oh, wow, it's just not my thing. Uh, it's good, not my thing though. Matthew Leonard saying uh, Halloween is a series is stupid. Uh, Melissa saying so. Mr. Toad is awesome, and uh, also saying Stranger Things is fire and Haunting of House Hill is Alex's favorite. Um, I'm gonna have to figure out a Halloween movie for tonight. I think I might just end up going with Ghostbusters. Watch uh, Jeepers Creepers if you haven't seen it yet. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. What you do with those peepers? 2022 one. It's reborn. The 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 original from 20 2001. Yeah. Scream is good. I like the original oh. Scream. Like Ray Wise one. is in that one, and he's in uh, Twin Peaks, and he's the creepy dad. Oh, no. I like which one? The original Scream. Yeah, the original Scream. I like. I like the original Scream. That's good. Also, the also uh, Scooby Doo. The movie they made of Scooby Doo is pretty fun too. The live action one. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like. The, I like Scooby Doo too. That oh, Monsters that Unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Is um, this with Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah. And, it's uh, good. Mich Sarah Michelle Geller and uh, Herb. It's good. It's good. It's Go good. watch it. Trust and uh, who's the Matthew? Matthew Lillard. Matthew right? Lillard. Yeah. Shout From out. From Scream also. 
Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? Um, all right, I think I might watch Scooby Doo now. Uh, anyways, that's gonna do it. Uh, I'm gonna go enjoy my Halloween. I hope everyone else does as well. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, that is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, also, make sure you read Vinny's latest article at allchgo.com. Shout out to our guy Joey for producing us today. We will talk to you tomorrow, where we will have Josh Nelson on from Sox Machine. We'll be doing a live off-season. Uh, plan project from uh, with, with with Josh Nelson live on Sox Machine. Uh, well, not on Sox Machine here. He'll Josh Nelson's from Sox Machine, and he'll be on tomorrow this show live on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, go White Sox, bye.